Blog Talk Radio. Entrepreneurs Extraordinaire Show. If you were trying to get in on and listen to us right at 11 o'clock on the nose, I apologize for being late. It is uh, all my fault. Um, I was having technical technical difficulties in the uh, setting up the the program and getting everything going for this particular show. So we are here with the Women Entrepreneurs Extraordinaire. I am Julie, aka Brain Lady Anderson. And I am very happy to be starting this program. I'm especially excited because we have an amazing guest this morning that is near and dear to my heart. And I'll explain why in just a little minute. But I want to give everyone a quick uh, quick idea of what this program is designed for. It's all about women entrepreneurs and for women entrepreneurs. So we are going to always be sharing a an, an entrepreneurial business tip of one type or another. We'll do that real quick on the program and then we're going to be doing an interview an interview of some well sometimes we'll be talking specifically about a particular business topic that's going to help you to grow your business and become more successful or we'll be doing an interview of an amazing female entrepreneur that I have met and talk to them about their journey in their business and what brought them to that point and that's what we're going to be doing today For for your little business tip that I want to do real quick before we jump into the body of the show, when I work with my clients, I always tell my entrepreneurial clients to pay really close attention to their marketing campaigns and to pay attention to what they're doing and connect those campaigns, social media posts, email letters, email newsletters, whatever that may be, to whatever the current event is or topic for the month might be on people's minds. So July is all summer stuff. School is out. It's vacations. There's specific days. Obviously, Independence Day was yesterday. There is National French Friday that happens on July 13th. There's International Kissing Day, which is tomorrow. Uh, There's National Ice Cream Day on the 17th. There is, get this, Parents Day on July 24th. So there's lots of things happening during the month of July. Think about how can you creatively wrap those ideas into your marketing for the month, those thoughts into your marketing for the month. Do you have products or services that any of those or, well, I don't know if you have any for ice cream day, but you can certainly write something fun about ice cream. Who knows? Make some posts about the history of ice cream. The idea is to create engagement 
and interaction and to get people to know, like, and trust you because that's what's going to help them do business. All right, so that is your business tip for the first show of Women Entrepreneurs Extraordinaire here on July 5th, 2017. All right, with that in mind, I want to talk a little bit about our guest. We are bringing on a guest. Her name is Theodora Bruns, and she is the author of a series of novels titled Through Phantom Eyes. And we're going to be talking today about several things, but we're going to, we're going to ask her about or talk about the topic of, is it possible to start a new and exciting career after age 60? Good question. Cause there's a lot of baby boomers that are out there going, you know, what do we do? What do we do next? How do we do it? Uh, is it possible? You might have these great ideas of things you want to do, but no, just not really know what to do. And I know this person personally. I know she has a lot of great wisdom. She is, has a lot of great wisdom because this is my mother, my wonderful mother, Theodora Bruns, a.k.a. Teddy Graves. Are you there? Yes, I am. Can you hear me? I can. I can. You might want to turn your volume up. Well, try now. Okay. Second try. Can <laughs> we can me? hear you. We can hear you, but the volume's a little bit low. So you might want to see if you can turn it up a little bit and hopefully you'll come through just fine in the recording. Uh, so for those of you, like I said, she is near and dear to my heart, but a lot of, there's a lot of background information. If you are a fan of the author Theodore Bruns, you know that she has written a series of novels that are through phantom eyes is the main title. And then of course each one has a subtitle and they're very intricate, very, creative, very visualizingly in-depth novels about uh, Phantom of the Opera, and it is in through his eyes. So we're going to find out from, from her really what, what led her down this path. So tell us in the guest, share with us in the guest, Teddy or Theodora, what, oh, have you always wanted to be a novelist? I mean, growing up, I'm not sure I remember you ever wanting to write books. Um, is this something you've always aspired to do or you always had in the back of your mind? Uh, yes and no. Uh, to actually sit down and write a, a book, no, definitely not. I wasn't necessarily a good student in school, especially when it came to English, spelling, grammar, this type of thing. Uh, just because of the era that I started going to school in, they didn't believe in phonics. They were trying a new system, and I'm proof it didn't work. Um, <laughs> So, uh, but the imagination and the thought was there. So I was always writing stories in my head. I got in trouble in school often because I would be daydreaming. But what I was actually doing is I was thinking about stories and I was writing dialogue in my head. And it rarely made it to a page. And if it did make it to a page, it was for my own enjoyment, not for anybody else to read. So this whole authorship uh, idea it came about because of a necessity within me I guess you could say well that kind of leads me to to my second question because that's interesting I'm sure that there are a lot of people out there who share your experience they've had things go through their head and I talk to entrepreneurs all the time who said oh yeah I thought about writing a book but I've never actually sat down and did it. I've never gone through the process of doing it, whether that's due to self-confidence or, or never thinking that they had the time. 
what led you to begin to write and actually take these ideas and this dialogue that you had running through your head? When did what led you to actually begin to put that pen to paper, so to speak, or should I say keyboard to <laughs> to, to Word document? <laughs> um, what led you to begin writing? Well, time in my life was kind of a bad one. <clears throat> you have to excuse me. I'm not feeling too well today, and my throat's all messed up. I hope it doesn't come across too bad. Um, I was I was in a time in my life when things weren't going good. I uh, when I grew up, the only thing I ever wanted to be was a mother, you know, a wife and a mother. But because of situations, I ended up having to work very long hours over decades, and it took its toll on my health. And that's a whole other subject, which is just leads right in perfect with everything that I learned from you as far as making sure that you're where you're supposed to be. Um, but anyway, it turned out that I really killed my immune system. I ended up very sick, uh, had to quit work permanently, became disabled, which made me so unhappy because not only couldn't I go out and earn money, but I couldn't work in my garden. I couldn't do anything that I at one time aspired to doing and just loved doing. I basically couldn't do anything except lay on the couch and became very depressed and angry with certain situations in my life. Then um, my kids, being one of them, got me together and um, we ended up going to the Sacramento Theater Group downtown and saw the Phantom of the Opera. And the ground was fertile. My mind, my heart, my whole soul was fertile at that time for accepting something like this. And I listened and watched that beautiful musical, and I cried and I cried. Ended up for the next couple of years seeing it like 20 times, and that's how addicted I was to it. Well, during the time when I was growing up, the, the main kind of writing that I did do in my head was to rewrite endings that I didn't like to stories. And then that would make me feel good, and I could go on with my life so that's what I started doing with the Phantom of the Opera I didn't like the ending so I started rewriting it in my head and I started putting it on paper and my daughter who sat across the room from me most of this time um, she started reading it and she started encouraging me you need to write this and no I can't write I can't spell I can't I can't I can't I can't and she kept on saying every time she read it, no, you need, to, you need to do something. So I started getting the idea of going ahead and putting all my thoughts down because it wasn't just the ending of his life that I wanted to see better and it fascinated me to write about, but it was all the questions about the Phantom of the Opera. And anybody that's a fan or that has seen it might wonder about certain things. You know, I wanted to know um, what really, even though a lot of people think he was a mass murderer, he really wasn't. He was misunderstood, and he used his violent temper to deal with his situations in life. And I had a lot of questions about why this and why that. And so I started researching, <clears throat> excuse me, his life. And so I started. That's where I started. I went back and I started really at his birth, and just started writing his whole life through all the different things he went through, through being in a circus cage and. Then building the palace for the Shah of Persia. You know, I went through all of these 
all of these scenarios. And then, of course, it's time at the opera house. And then the big question is, okay, what happened after that? And that's where I am now. I have the sixth volume that's coming out in this summer, <clears throat> I hope, um, that delves into what happens when he leaves the opera house. So that's kind of how I got to where I am. And it's been a great, uh, a great therapy for me. And I recommend it to anybody who has ever had any kind of inklings about writing something other than their diary. But even their diary is great. So that's how I got to where I am today. It's been a long journey that started in, in uh, 2002 when I turned 60. Um, so that, therefore, that asks the question, you know, can you have something successful after 60? And you, by all means, can. Anybody who's out there thinking about it, you definitely can. Go for it. No kidding. That's, so you're on six volumes. How many volumes do you have altogether? Eight. Eight. So I have two more to go. So you still got more coming. That's so intriguing. It it fascinates me. I I didn't know until you had started doing the research. I personally just thought it was a really good play. And of course anyone who has seen the play knows that the the music that is behind that Andrew Lloyd Webber wrote for the for this particular play is just incredible and very emotionally moving. But I didn't ever realize until you started doing research that the individual known as the Phantom of the Opera even really existed that it was beyond, beyond, you know, just a figment of the imagination of the writers. So that's fascinating. So it looks like you then have wrapped some of those facts into your fictional writings, into the novels themselves. Correct. Correct. I have. That's awesome. I tried to, that's awesome. I tried to, I tried to kind of explain uh, Gaston LaRose's book. He's the one that, that kind of started this whole thing. Um, and his book leaves a lot of questions, in my mind anyway. And so that's that's kind of where I started. But I took all the facts that he was able to come up with and explained them, explained how that could have happened. That's really cool. And then you took that passion and put it into something that's been successful. So you can. You can do something very active and very amazing and very incredible um, in that that you know, the fall of your life, so to speak. Uh, what challenges? It had to be challenging for you. You mentioned that you weren't comfortable even with yourself, fearing that you didn't have the ability to be a writer because you didn't have the spelling or the grammar strength. What were some other challenges that you faced on, on this journey of writing this entire series of novels? Well, the challenge wasn't necessarily in a writing that was getting them published. Uh, during that time, and now it's a lot different now, even though that was only like 20 years ago. Um, it wasn't 20 years ago, less than 20 years ago. <clears throat> um, to try to get into a publisher, to try to even get a publisher to look at your manuscript is just nearly impossible you know at that time you had to have an agent but even then getting into an agent you had to almost be famous you had to be like a movie star or a politician or you know somebody really famous publicized <clears throat> excuse me uh, and so that was my my first big challenge I don't know how many query letters I sent out to agents and to to uh, publishers uh, they, I mean in the hundreds 
And then I finally said, okay, I got to do something different here. And so I just started looking through the internet and found out that you could self-publish. And so that's what I went for. I went for just finding a, a printing house that would just take my story, take my books and just print them out and put them on the market. And so that's, that was a huge hurdle once I did that, but then it was trying to get it edited and so that it would even be readable. But um, one of those first challenges, and I'd like to mention this for anybody out there that's thinking about it that might have been in my same position, is that you don't have to know grammar. You don't have to spell. You don't have to have any of those things. That's what an editor does. What you have to have is an imagination and a passion for a story, and that's all it takes. The rest you leave up to the professionals, and that's kind of what I did. I got my whole my whole team of really daughters backed me in reading it and editing it and stuff, and I have a professional editor, too, that would go over at the final time to make sure that all the T's were crossed. That's awesome. We don't always – go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, you don't always think about all those things. Uh, but I guess once you get to that point, that might be something that really discourages you or authors, Definitely. people who, who have the idea to move forward. With that in mind, knowing all the challenges that you faced and the hurdles you've had to jump over, would you recommend this, this type of a career to other people, to someone who has an idea for a, a, a you know, a great fictional writing or even non-fictional book definitely definitely like i said it's a great release uh, if you're having any kind of problems or frustrations in your life it's just so uh, escapism i guess is what you could call it just to sit down like like you mentioned it would be with the pen and paper but now it would be with with laptop on lap and just write just start writing don't think about anything else that's, that's what I would close my eyes and lay my head back against the sofa, and I would just start typing, you know, just my thoughts. I would just start typing them, and you could do that if, it, like you said, if it's fictional or even non-fictional. Just start writing your thoughts down, and it was really quite humorous because then when I would open my eyes, the page would be full of red lines. Anybody that knows word processing knows that means <laughs> you've done something wrong, and it would just be full, but um, – it was fun then to try to go back and read it and to try to decipher what I was writing and correct what I could, you know, but yes, I would definitely, it's great therapy. It's fun. Um, and unless you absolutely have to have it as a means of financial support, it doesn't have to be stressful. Only if you let it, it can just be pure enjoyment. So yes, I would recommend it to anybody, even if, like I said, if it's, even if it's just their diary, just to be in depth with your diary. That's I love that, and I love the fact because I, I myself have written and published just several books, and one of the things that when I'm working with my entrepreneurial ladies, and this is for those, because that is what this show is all about, is those of you who have entrepreneurial ideas, and if a book is part of those ideas, do not let the the details overcome you and make you not start i love the fact that that theodore you just sat down and just typed and you didn't even look at the page 
I'm not that great of a typist, so I can't even imagine what would happen <laughs> if I did that. I need to at least look at the keyboard. But the, getting the ideas out of your head, you don't have right. to think, okay, how am I going to start chapter one? How am I going to start chapter two? How am I going to start chapter three? And what are my chapters? You don't have to do all that, right? You just have to kind of get that. You do a brain dump. You get those ideas out of your head, and okay. then you can rearrange them once they're on paper. Wouldn't you agree? Exactly. That's exactly what I did. In fact, uh, people asked me a couple of different questions. You know, why why eight volumes? Um, what led you to write eight volumes? Well, when I started out, it wasn't eight volumes. It was just one. But the more I wrote, the more that it grew. And I didn't write from the beginning to the end. I would see a scene in my head. It could have been when I was 45. It could have been when I was 14. I would see a scene, and so I would write that scene. And I would put that scene in a file. And then, you know, maybe the next, after another 10 minutes, or maybe it was 10 days, I would see another scene, and I would write that scene. That would go in a file. Then when it came time to compile them together is when I started coming up with the actual volumes and said, okay, this is big enough. Nobody's going to be able to carry this book around if I leave it in one volume. So that's when the volumes got broken up and ended up to be eight. That's incredible. Just letting your brain go and your imagination fire. I would have loved to see a brain scan of you when you were doing the writing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's incredible because it, I, I really think that this message that you have, and, and I'm sure for the listeners, anyone listening to this, there might be, you know, we can connect you with, with Teddy and she might be able to do a coaching session with you to help you make that first step. But I love the way that you organized it outside of your brain. You just let it come yeah. out of your head and then did the organization with the files and, and that. That's a great technique. Great technique. You need to be teaching that. Got another business for you there. Need to be teaching that to other people because I come across people all the time who who want to write and just don't know how to do it. So, what are you hopes for the future? You've got eight volumes. You've got your sixth coming out, and we're going to put for the listeners. You will find I have put in the description, the show description. Uh, the ways that you can connect with Theodora and get those. We should also put, I don't have it on there now, but we will get that on there. So it'll be on the show page, a link to where you can buy those volumes. So if you're interested and she has great reviews, she has a Facebook page where she posts little tidbits of what's coming up. So lots of great way to stay in connection with Theodora and what she's got going on in the, in the process of these books, but also ways that you can get those first five volumes that are already out there and volume number six that will be coming up here. You said this summer, hopefully, but beyond that, you said you have eight. So there's obviously number seven and number eight coming out still, but what other hopes much you have, do you have for the future and in your, in your journey, see hopefully coming to fruition for you? Well, Uh, Through this whole journey, as more and more people started reading these books, um, I would get comments back. I'd have people email me and say, you know, how much they liked and enjoyed the book and how much they'd like to see it turn into a movie. And 
you know, at first it was like out of the question. I had a hard enough time just getting it published. But, you know, the more I thought about it, the more I thought, yeah. And especially when I, when I would go see a fantastic movie in the theater and I think, wow, some of my ideas and thoughts would be, would transform just perfectly into the screen, you know, on the screen. And so that's kind of where my thinking started leading me. And recently I just was on a webinar with a fantastic gentleman who has different ideas for your books, uh, whether it's just to get interviewed or whether it's to have them made into a movie. And I, this one was, he was interviewing a producer who has produced all kinds of very, very famous movies, ones that have even won Emmys and Oscars and whatnot, uh, uh, giving suggestions. And it's a whole course. And so I'm in the process of starting that now and just how you do it. It's not like it used to be. Because at one time, I did send some of my books in to producers. But it has so far led to nowhere. But this, he, said, he was saying that producers are so busy now that they don't have time to go into a library and read all the books that they have there. They don't really have time to sit down and weed through a bunch of emails. And so it goes through this whole process of how you go about getting a producer to look at your story to begin with. That's the first hurdle. And uh, I just had like an aha moment just the other day because I was personally looking through Netflix to, you know, to see what's out there. And I was reading some of the descriptions of these different movies or shows. And then I started putting the dots together. And one of the things that the producer says is that you start out with one sentence, just one sentence. And for anybody who knows me can laugh at that because I have a hard time putting anything in one sentence. But you put, you put in one sentence, and that's to capture the producer's attention. And when I was looking through these Netflix, that's what they do. If you ever notice that on anything with advertising a movie or a show, they capsulize the whole thing in one sentence. And so that's kind of where I am now. I'm starting on this journey of finding out just how to go about reaching producers to get my story or Eric's story turned into either a full-length film or perhaps a miniseries or perhaps Netflix. And he said right now is really the time for anybody who is interested in doing this because Producers, there are so many, there are so many outlets now. Before it was just the big screen. Now we have all the TV shows. We have, like I said, Netflix and the HBOs and all of these different, different genres to address. And it's just a matter of getting your story written up in such a form that somebody can take the time, they'll read that one sentence, and then the next thing is to put it in two sentences, and then I think like a page or something, I can't remember exactly. The idea is to get to to snag them, you might say, you know, to grab them with that one sentence, and that's where I am now. That's yeah, that sounds... So my that hope sound... is... <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> uh, so that's where my hopes for the future lie. Or is in eventually seeing it in 
story form instead of that's reading awesome. It. That's awesome. That is so incredible. It would be absolutely incredible. Yeah, putting things in sound bites is just more dif- is difficult for uh, all of us. You know, when you have so much passion for your business and for what you've created, it's hard to narrow it down and to, to simplify it to that degree. But that's you're right. That's what it takes to grab someone's attention. Well, we are almost we are to the end of the show here, but I want everyone to be able to connect with you. And you have offered your listeners a signed discounted volume from her website and extra discounts for those who purchase more than one volume at a time. So if you're listening to this and you're like, wow, I would really love to read these first five volumes, be sure to get them all together because she's going to give you a great discount when you do that. And then she's also going to um, give our guests a $10 discount if they email her with that request. Now, Teddy, I didn't get your email. So your email, give me your email that you would like for them to have to make that request. That's uh, the unmasked, U-N-M-A-S-K-E-D, underscore, heart, and that's plural, it was an S at the end, at sccglobal.net. Okay. And it, so just so I- happens, it just so happens that the sixth volume is called Unmasked Heart. Awesome. Unmasked underscore hearts at SBC Global. I'm typing this in dot net. All right. All right. So that's where you'll see the email on the show page. You'll also see her websites where you can connect with her at through phantomize.com and on Facebook where you can stay connected with her and through phantomize on Facebook. So thank you so very much, Teddy, for being on the show today. I, I, it has been exciting to listen to your journey and um, I feel honored that you were the first guest on the brain late or on the uh, women entrepreneurs extraordinaire show. Well, I'm honored that you chose me to be your first guest. That's just awesome. It's a wonderful opportunity and you're a, you're a fantastic, excuse me, you're a fantastic speaker and interviewer. Thank you very much. Thank you. And we will be posting all this information on all the social media outlets. So everyone will have plenty of areas where they can listen to this again or connect with Theodora for more information on her upcoming, upcoming endeavors. All right. Thank you very much for being on the program and listening to the program today. And we'll stay in touch. Join us next week for the next episode of Women Entrepreneurs Extraordinaire, helping you to find success in your life and in your business.